Hello and welcome to Tech Talks with Madonna, Season 2, Episode 16, our last episode of Season 2. Our guest today is Sandra Wepler. Sandra Wepler is a CEO, strong founder of Bright Sparrow. She helps professionals excel in their career in a time where there is so much market disruption by running professional educational programs where learning and neuroscience converge. You can find her bio at www.brightspire.com slash your coach. Thank you very much. Hello, Dr. Sandra. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Marona. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. And it's such an honor, actually, to be speaking to you today. I do know that you're a CEO, founder of Bright Spire. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Do you mind explaining? telling us more about that and also introducing yourself to our audience. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so my name is Dr. Sandra Wepler, and I'm the CEO and founder of Bright Sparrow. And I, I have over 20 plus years of experience, global experience with enterprise customers such as Manulife, Rivian, uh, Hootsuite, Tampa General Hospital, Click, Sun State, as a senior <laughs> leader on projects mm-hmm. in various positions, especially um, B2B SaaS tech platforms. And um, nice. I am an Amazon selling author wow. and Google Women in Tech ambassador mm-hmm. <laughs> and preferred training partner at the Agile, uh, Enterprise Agile University. So, Bright Sparrow. Um, what we actually do is we help professionals and organizations to accelerate their career, especially at a time where there's so much market disruption. And we we do that by supporting and equipping them with crucial knowledge, uh, specifically to deal with, you know, sustainability challenges, social instability that's yeah. happening right now in companies, you know, all over tech companies and also the, as, as I mentioned, the technological disruption. So, we do this through the delivery of cutting edge professional programs. And mm-hmm. we have, you know, I think we're unique because we do this where learning and neuroscience converge. So we have, mm-hmm. uh, I have partnered um, with Enterprise um, Agility University and there they have v- various models, about 40 models. Um, and their models are different because they cater towards you know, what is happening now um, and, you know, to to um, equip people to be always ready and always responsive yeah. in this time where there's so much of, you know, uh, disruption um, mm-hmm. and so much of exponential change that is going on. So their models, you know, the models that we have right now in the market are obviously not helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Logical safety goes out the door. Yeah. And, uh, when you fire a person, mm-hmm. a company, you're firing their family. You're firing, you That's know, uh, every, everything, you know, about their lives, mm-hmm. you know, their dreams, their hopes. So these models um, support exponential change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've partnered with them because it also supports neuro profiles and neurodiversity. So this is something that. I feel is very, very unique. And so I've partnered with them. Wow, that is amazing. And I love what you're doing. And actually, that brings me to a topic that I've been wanting to ask someone, but I didn't know who to ask. And I think they 
this might you must be the right person for me to ask this and i've been wondering what do you tell people that don't like change because i've experienced where let's see this new technology like for instance now i'm in the android world and we have a new framework called jepa compose and there's the old way of doing let's say the ui framework and people don't want to move how do you now match let's say that example to your current work and like tell people that hey look there's need for change here like how do you how do you go to, go about that yeah i think um you know uh, i also have something mm-hmm. that helps me i think is also because i have a phd in organizational um development and i yeah. think um you know and and i've also done a practicum in you know in my psychology degree with the university of, of um, indiana mm-hmm. so i think that supports your question in a sense that change is something that is not new to any yeah. one of us mm-hmm. and, and people are always afraid of the unknown yes. so the more you socialize with people the more you understand the specific reason why the a person is you know um has adverse reactions towards change or is just resistance resistant um i think is really mm-hmm. important um yeah. you know people come to work and they put on their professional best face but mm-hmm. every single person um is going through their own personal challenges you know at home and in their lives and you know we know this just from covid and how people had to get into dispersed teams and you know mm-hmm. move uh, out of their condos and into you know homes and you know so one thing leads to another and it's like a domino effect so yeah i think that socializing communicating you know understanding uh, your group dynamics understanding how uh, a group functions or how they you know are they what is the group leader like what is the leadership skills in that group are you know is the leader a good leader that serves the team yeah. you know so the leader that's just leading you know um just through the front and is not kind of really in you know uh, integrating yeah. um and really asking those important questions and taking the time and mm-hmm. most leaders in organizations get their positions because of seniority so yeah. a lot of leaders will get promoted because they're really good at their job but not all leaders can lead a team properly especially that is very true <laughs> yeah especially in a time of this you know uh, a lot of um exponential change and market disruptions that are going on uh um so leaders it it all boils down to leaders that leaders have to be equipped and mm-hmm. what bright sparrow is doing along with eau is coming up with those models that yeah. support and equip um leaders in the organization or team leads you know on projects or change managers to look outside you know like you look at a you know normally people look or say or oh, we think outside the box but really we're giving you scientific mm-hmm. information and scientific scientific facts so that you can look through you know uh, a kaleidoscope and see yeah. the whole 360 view 
you know, mm-hmm. so, and that's important for anybody because everybody has to make plans for their lives, their dreams, their, you know, so it's, it's important from a career perspective, it's important from a personal perspective as well. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I mean, that is very well said. And I feel like it, it resonated with me too, because I've been in organizations where I can see that this person is a great like manager. And I've been in another organization. I'm like, uh-uh, here, I don't think there's even room for growth. So that's a very good <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. I, and I actually saw a, a, like a trending topic on LinkedIn where somebody was say, saying that they thought people left their jobs looking for better sal- salaries. But it turned out yeah. that sometimes it might be just the managers that people yeah. just, you know, like their mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is, and you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I've seen a lot of these little snippets of posts going and it is, uh, you know, you spend eight hours um, mm-hmm. in your day, uh, which is, you know, a significant time that you're spending in uh, of your life, of your day, mm-hmm. you know, the next eight hours is unwinding from the day and, you know, and then starting to look forward to the next day and if you can't be happy and if you're miserable because you have you know you don't have a leader that is supportive and mentoring and you know has a servant heart then it's really really hard um because you you know I've had leaders or Mm -hmm. managers that have been amazing people Mm -hmm. uh phenomenal people as human beings but absolutely bad uh, leadership skills um, and then the team completely breaks apart and you start having conflicts with team members you know because a leader is not coming forward and trying to be that referee and and mm-hmm. some of them some of the leaders think no you know you're in a professional organization so you should be able to be autonomous or self-organized but it's mm-hmm. not about self-organization it's not about autonomy it's about leading and yeah. leading in the right way you know so Unfortunately, we all come across those people and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, if leaders are not, just goes back to what I'm saying, if leaders are not trained properly, um, it is a job of a company or, you know, or even, you know, the directors or, you know, higher ups uh, to champion, you know, good leaderships, leadership skills in the leaders. And if mm-hmm. they, because it's not just about doing a job well, yeah. it's about able to direct your team it's about helping your team supporting your team and a lot of people can talk the talk but they can't walk the talk it's very easy to talk the talk (laughs) that is so true (laughs) and you can talk you can you can have a harvard degree but if you don't have experiential knowledge Mm -hmm. you're just going to be you're going to have a lot of theory and no actual experiential knowledge which is completely detrimental to your team and to the company yeah yeah that is so true. Now, I wanted to jump to this other section, which is you are an author. And uh, I'm actually writing my first book, my first technical book. And I wanted awesome. to ask you, thank you. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, since you're already a published author, what was your journey like? And what would you tell people who want to write books? Because I've received those questions, but I feel like I'm not in a position to tell anybody like, hey, this is how it looks. I can only talk about my short journey because I'm still con- writing it now. But please, Dr. Sandra, tell us more. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I finished off my um, 
my doctorate and the dean of the college there said, hey, you know, you've uh, your thesis, uh, you know, what you've written on, you know, having a purpose, you know, in your life, uh, having a mandate, you know, um, is which drives every other goal in your life, you know, to wake up and you know every morning where exactly is your trajectory. So at the end of the day, when he said that to me, I started laughing. I said, who would want to read my story? You know, they'd read <laughs> the facts and the statements and the, you know, all of that. But, and he goes, no, I think you really have something here that you need to share. So of course I laughed about it and didn't do anything with it. And mm -hmm. then my father passed away in 2013 and that was life-changing for us. It was a first death in our family. And I, uh, you know, although he was 80, you know, your parent, you know, can be 80 or 90 mm -hmm. uh, and you can probably accept it, but it's still, you know, it doesn't matter what age your parent goes, it's still difficult. Yes. <laughs> and it's still a shock. So for me, I want to leave a legacy back for my, my father, because my father went to Dubai UAE when he was 29. He didn't have any career advice. Um, he didn't have a career counseling in 1956, you know, in those years. Um, but when he retired at 63, he had four properties. He had a good, you know, uh, nest egg. He was very well known in the community, um, and very well reputed. And I was struck by all of the, you know, accomplishments of my dad coming from a very small place. You know, uh, my dad was half Portuguese and half from India. So mm -hmm. it was interesting to see how he made his way without any guidance, you know, mm -hmm. of professional courses and guidance. He just, you know, uh, this journey of his was just extraordinary. And I thought, wow, like I, I want to talk a lot more about that. And I want to talk about the legacy my father's, you know, uh, left behind for both me and my brother. Mm -hmm. And um and so I started to think about writing the book and I was like, where can I go? How can I do this? And how do I make this interesting? Because I know my story and, you know, I think it's, it might be pretty cool, but who wants to hear my story, right? Mm -hmm, so yeah. what is the best way to do it? And I was like, well, you know, the best way to do it is to go where there are books. So where are books? Mm -hmm. Where are books all around? Well, they're in a library. So I went to the library and I looked around and got about 15 to 20 uh, bestsellers and I looked through all of the bestsellers and started mm -hmm. to think about look through the patterns look through the way that it was written look through the examples and stories and over six months because uh, remember and when you do your doctorate you have to do a lot of research yeah. when you're doing your thesis and you have to give 100 references minimum yeah. so doing research was not a difficult thing for me <laughs> so you know, so I started there and I started to formulate and put stories together and everything. And I also wanted to think about, you know, um, how do I reach my audience, you know, for my book, which is a, you know, it is also a very spiritual book. Uh, so how do I reach the audience that I'm looking for? Um, what, how do I build a platform that allows me to sell my books? You know, how do I, um, how do I get validation from some of the people who are leaders and, you know, and thought leaders in that space? Um, so I started to put and think about all of these different questions and, you know, how do I, you know, how do I market my book? You know, mm -hmm. 
Because I am one author in a um, sea of millions of authors. So how That's do I true. story? How does yeah. how do I make mine unique? And so uh, right from the name of the book to you know uh, getting it published um, to getting on TV and radio stations um, on the spiritual side of it, mm -hmm. you know, right from building a platform. Um, so I do have uh, a platform, uh, which is called Voice of Truth uh, oh, TV. Wow. Mm -hmm. It touches millions of people across the world. Wow. Um, and um, we have, we you know, we have podcasts as well. We have, you know, people from Seoul, which is South Korea, New Zealand, Australia, Dubai, and Asia that, um, you know, like to consume our content as well as, of course, North America. Yeah. That's U.S. and Canada and Europe. And I do a lot of speaking uh, and selling my books. My book sold actually mm -hmm. uh, three months. It sold 700 copies and I had something like 30 odd reviews on it. Wow. Uh, and even though it was a spiritual, leaning towards the spiritual side, uh, my reviews were given by people who were both spiritual and non-spiritual. And mm -hmm. I wanted that because I wanted to reach out to a specific audience. Mm -hmm. uh, as a tool, you know, to support them, to help them figure out what will make them tick and wake up every morning and say, great, life is great. I have mm -hmm. a plan, I have a purpose, I know exactly what I want to do. And so that's how I put my book together. And it was planned. It was, I was not in a hurry. Um, there was a lot of research, a lot of study. I mm -hmm. built on my platform in two, three years prior to the book going out. Um, and then I had the audience, you know, I had the validation from the leaders and the thought leaders, and then I got the book out. So it was, uh, it was a long journey, but it was successful because it was well thought of. Wow. I love it. And the book is The Dubai Girl, How yes. My Life Changing Journey Will Unlock Your Destiny for anybody that wants to get the book. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's on Amazon. So if you're in the States, you can go to amazon.com. If you're in Canada, you can go to amazon.ca. If you're in India, you can go to amazon.in. So it's everywhere, Barnes and Noble, uh, Nobles as well. And um, yeah, it's uh, you can pick it up and read it. And it's, uh, from what I understand from the reviews, it's a good read. It's not, um, you know, very, you know, like it's not leaning just to spiritual, but it gives you a lot of, uh, practical knowledge and, and skills and ideas and concepts, you know, uh, which have been tried and tested <laughs> by myself yeah. for over <laughs> years. Um, so it's, it's helpful for people. Wow. Amazing. I mean, this is, you, I, people tell me, I keep saying amazing on my podcast, but I feel like every woman I get to interview is amazing in so many different ways. <laughs> I can so, imagine. Yeah. So all my listeners, please allow me to be seen amazing all the time. <laughs> okay. I have a last question for you, Dr. Sandra, and that is what would you tell women who are pursuing careers in tech right now? Being in the being in the field for more than 20 years, what would you tell them? Yeah. So despite, you know, national conversations about gender diversity in tech, like women are still so underrepresented so underpaid and often discriminated, you know, in the tech industry. And the numbers show like diversity, I feel in tech is uh, really critical. Diverse teams, you know, they perform better. 
uh, they hire better talent and you have more engaged members. Um, and if you take a closer look, uh, you see that, you know, um, there's about, you know, uh, over 56% of women um, are women of color, um, mid-sized tech sector companies, you know, lead the way in promoting workplace diversity, uh, boasting more than 53% of the industry leading employers uh, say that there are more men than women in tech. So we're still underrepresented, uh, underrepresented. And, you know, but women are strong in tech. They are, mm-hmm. a, a, I mean, major part of the women are social media users and products, um, you know, are still being, uh, you know, developed with men in mind, even though there are a lot of women using it. Um, you know, often I meet with women who are working in technology and I hear a lot of stories about, you know, their careers, why they're not advancing, you know, due to the kind of gender stereotyping and discrimination. Um, but, you know, um, in the long run, it doesn't have to be you know, if we have good mentors, um, yeah. and I'm talking about, we we do lack strong female tech models, um, you know, in terms of, you know, in our careers and female mentors. And I think that the barriers, there's barriers in education when it comes to science and technology, because most times, you know, science and technology subjects are pushed towards boys rather than girls Mm -hmm. um so that is also you know another uh issue and and um there's a some recent data from accenture that shows uh in 2020 uh, 2022 that only 25 percent of tech graduates are women with a dropout 37 percent uh you know uh, compared to just 30 percent from other programs and so you can look at all of this and you see that you know, there is not a lot of push for women in tech. Um, there is still, you know, they're still highly uh, not yes. represented um, mm-hmm. completely. And there's also challenges, you know, with, with you know, in, in diverse roles as well. Yeah. So I think like it's, I feel like most of the failure happens because of this reason and, mm-hmm. uh, so I think, you know, that it's super important um, for women to stay strong, uh, to go after their dreams, mm-hmm. to, you know, to focus on, you know, if they are techy and like myself, you know, I love tech. Mm-hmm. I am a geek. I mm-hmm. can do anything that my husband's also in tech, but what he can do, I can do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, uh, I like that. <laughs> so it's, it it you know, and often there'll be family members or friends that will, you know, that they need help because they know that we are the techie people in the company or in the, in the family. So they will say, Oh, Dwayne, can you do this? And Dwayne will say, Oh yeah, sure. But I'm tied up. Just ask Sandy to do it. You know, Sandy, they call me Sandy, my, in my family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and so now they have learned out of encouragement that, Oh, what Dwayne can do, Sandra can do. And what Sandra can do, Dwayne can do. So I think it's, you know, it's always, you know, trying to sort of encourage and put yourself out there, get those mentors. I think mentors are super important, strong women, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I think the women in tech, which is a Google women in tech is one of the 
areas um, that mm -hmm. are very, very strong and have some really strong leaders. So I, that's one of the reasons why I joined as well. So I love that. Oh, thank you so much for sharing and also for encouraging our listeners. So if you're listening, please don't give up. You got this. And if someone else can do it, you can do it too. And actually, that's a good point you mentioned because I've received feedback from some of my listeners telling me that when they hear somebody saying that, it really encourages them a lot to just like say, well, if Madonna is doing it, why can't I do it, right? Like what's, what is different from Madonna and I? You, you get what I mean? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I would also like to say is that women are very, very competitive. Yes. So. That's another obstacle. I think sometimes I feel like women have to champion each other as opposed to tearing each other down or being competitive or stabbing each other in the mm -hmm. back. Yeah. I think that that is a, an issue. If somebody sees somebody doing something, they're like, oh my gosh, like she's doing this, she's doing that. You know, I, I want to do it as well. And, you know, there's people that copy you and, you know, and it's all of these things. But I think that if mm -hmm. women can support each other and champion each other oh my goodness there's nothing that we can do together that won't be able to even change the trajectory of companies of teams you yeah. know I mean look look at some of the women in the world that have mm -hmm. changed nations, you know so yeah that is very correct and to me I always say collaboration you know collaboration is the word let's collaborate instead of competing because why are we even competing? Everybody has a unique path. I mean, the way we woke up in the morning, the way Dr. Sandra woke up is not the way Madonna woke up, right? So everybody has <laughs> a different path and definitely collaboration is the best way to go instead of competing. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for adding yeah. that too. Yeah. So thank you very much, Dr. Sandra, for being with us. And I wanted to ask you one more thing. Where can people find you, follow you, listen to your podcasts? Please plug in everything. <laughs> yeah absolutely so um if they want to find me of course they can find me on linkedin as dr sandra wepler they can also find me on my website uh which is bright sparrow so www.brightsparrow and, and bright is spelled b-r-i-t-e uh sparrow of course s-p-a-r-r-o-w so bright sparrow is one word dot com and if they want uh to to have a more spiritual experience, <laughs> they can go to uh, my Facebook page. Uh, they can search for Voice of Truth uh, TV, or they can go to uh, Dr. Sandra Wepler on the Facebook page as well. Um, they can look, you know, there's podcasts. Um, if you just Google Dr. Sandra Wepler, you'll find podcasts, you'll find the TV, TV um, network and all of that. Uh, but specifically for the business, it's uh, brightsparrow.com. Um, Bright and mm -hmm. if they want to reach out to me, um, hello at brightsparrow.com. Amazing. Thank you very much, Dr. Sandra. And it was an honor having you today. Thank you so much, Madonna. Pleasure.